Live from Cool Boys Central. You're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just three cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. <laughs> this is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. <laughs> Greetings, cool boy Bat Nation, and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond, a cool boy's podcast. I'm Felk. I'm Ballard. And I'm Steve. Ugh. So cool. Tonight's episode is The Cat and the Claw, part two, directed by Dick Seabast. Story by Catherine Sean, Catherine Derrick, and Lauren Bright. Teleplay by Jules Dennis and Richard Mueller. Those could be men. Yeah. Well, Dick Seabast is a pretty good name. Uh, this episode aired September 12th, 1992. So only seven days later. Because the other, the first part was September 5th, 1992. What was that? Wait, oh. wait. Yeah, that kind of contradicts everything we said in the last episode. Yeah, well, that's what Wikipedia says. It says Cat and Claw Part 1, September 5th, 1992. Wikipedia also said Heart of Ice won an Emmy, and it was nowhere else in, in, on the internet does it say Heart of Ice won an Emmy. This is what my uh, source says, which is a different wiki. But uh, the air date for Cannon Claw Part 1 was September 5th. Yeah, that's the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then it says uh, September 12th was right. the other one. So we're just now the podcast that lies to you about Batman dates. Yeah, so disregard everything you've heard in the last episode. It says air date order part number one. And then it says number eight for so maybe there was seven episodes that aired in between. If one a day, sure. Like they did a get dump or something. Yeah. Well, Wikipedia says the leader of the Red Claw group, known herself only as Red Claw, attacks a military train and steals a viral plague, which she intends to release in Gotham if she isn't paid a ransom. And Batman and Catwoman must put aside their differences and work together to stop Red Claw before it's too late. I didn't like this one as much as the first one. It was one a day. It's so I, I just checked. It started September 5th, September 6th, September 7th, September 8th, September 9th, September 10th, September 11th, September 12th. Yeah. So, yeah, they were doing it one a day. You know, I remember that's how it kind of was when I was watching it as a kid. Yeah, they, 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 they pumped them out. It was pretty cool. Because the, fir- the first season is like uh, how many episodes? 60, 65, 64. 64 or something. That's crazy. It's like 65 or 64, yeah, something like that. That's a lot. 65. It's a lot of episodes for one season. Lots of TV was done that way, though. The first season for lots of cartoons was like 60-odd episodes. That's pretty normal. Like that's a, That was very common, and I, I have no idea why, but I think it must be like a like a shortcut to, to syndication. Like, let's get 60 episodes in the first season, then we only have to do two more seasons at 20 episodes each, and then boom, we're at 100 and we're in syndication. Could be. Could be. Because once you're in syndication, that's everything. That means that you have enough episodes to play uh, Monday through Friday that do not require you having to cycle too many episodes that you've seen again and again and again, over and over and over again. And so once you hit that number 100, boom, people want you up. I don't think syndication applies because this, this, this basically started in what feels like syndication, where it was like an episode a day, but they were new episodes. Syndication could have been like Warner Brothers, like the WB channel or whatever they called it. I don't know if this... This to me aired in, uh, on on Fox. The Fox affiliate, but did it air on yeah. Fox affiliate everywhere, or did it air on? Was, yeah, was yeah. It for me, originally it was on Fox, and then it moved over to the WB when uh, WB yeah. like was created or whatever. But I could see these had maybe been airing on the WB 
as in syndication somewhere else, maybe not on Fox or something like that. I don't know. A lot of like primetime shows, their goal is, is for syndication. But uh, yeah, I don't think that, you know, a lot of times the kids' cartoons, they get re aired, you know, maybe in other countries and things. But a lot of times it's like one and done, you know, they just keep doing moving on. That's, that's kind of what happened with it. They, they, after Batman the animated series, they moved on to like Batman and the Superman Adventures and then Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And they just kept moving. Justice League and Triple X gay parody. Yep. Well, we missed the whole opening of the sh- episode. Um, so just to sum it up, the mob boss is still an informant for Batman. The train heist jumps off the first act right away. It's awesome. It's super sick, and I'm glad that they didn't waste that for the third act of this story. They set it up in the last episode, and they give it to you right away. And then we have Selina and Batman going on, or Selina and Bruce going on their second date, their rain check. And right away, they get under attack from behind. And he shows off that he's uh, kind of a badass as Bruce Wayne. You mean, you mean, Steve, that he ends up being an aggressive driver and plays chicken with some hired goons on a bridge? The animation on the driving is weird. It's, it's like the cars are vibrating. Very odd. She's impressed. She's like, oh. She is not impressed. Oh, yeah, she's definitely impressed with Bruce's Any driving. woman would not be impressed that Bruce Wayne would fly through the poles going the wrong – or the, the toll booth going the wrong way up, uh, you know – a bridge. She was. Uh, she she liked it. Yeah. Well, maybe Selena did, but most women probably would not appreciate that as their first date. And then for Bruce to be all like, "Hang on," and then guns it, busts a U, right, flips a one eighty, and then hits the fucking like gas, and then goes right back at the car to play chicken. They could both died right then on the bridge, but Bruce was all willing because he's like so hot and heavy for Selena. The I, I liked earlier. I guess where we missed that. Uh how easy it was for Red Claw to capture the plague virus. So they definitely show that they're like uh, a well-oiled machine. Oh, yeah. It's a lot like how Bane is in The Dark Knight Rises. She just kind of comes in, does her thing, gets gets the virus, and then she's asking for a million dollars or a million whatever it is, uh, gold. Uh, what was it? I don't know, but if she's, doing a, if she's, if she's uh, ransoming the city... To not poison it or whatever infected. That's the the classic. Uh, That's not a terrorist. Then then you're just a criminal trying to get money. Yep. Die Hard. Uh, oh shit! And Die Hard's kind of. I referenced Die Hard last episode because of the Oda Joy played on the piano. I I don't know yeah. what uh, their organization's goals are. They want money. They say that later in this episode, in the final act, that she says like, "We're gonna unleash the plague here on you, Bruce Wayne or Batman and Catwoman," because. Fuck you guys, but we're going to fake it and do a fake plague and just get the money and then run. And by the time they realize it's not a real plague, we'll be already gone with our money. It's it's exactly what Hans Gruber does. They're definitely not terrorists. The, no. the police think they're terrorists. They're not terrorists. I think they think they're terrorists, though, so it's confusing. I don't think they ever call themselves terrorists, do they? They seem to think there's a mission. Maybe. By the way, we should we, oh. we should touch upon the fact that we're referring to them as terrorists in this. And like, and it's. I think they are referred to as terrorists in this as well. Commissioner and Gordon does. That's something I don't think a kids' TV show would have today. The re- reference of a terrorist organization or a terrorist for the main hero to fight. No, this is this is right before True Lies. Like this is when terrorists were like wacky and funny. Like the, you know, the Libyans. And it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing if they were Middle Eastern or from South America. No, they they were just people you 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 stole plutonium from to make your time machine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever this, those are Libyans. Those are Libyans. The Libyans. I don't know. I feel like they would still be in the show. I don't think there would be a difference. 
Well, something that I love about this episode and what made me skyrocket this episode to like one of the tops of my list, uh, especially rewatching it, Cat in the Claw Part Two, is that right now. Batman, as he's getting ready and getting dressed, and Selena Kyle was also getting ready and getting dressed to be Catwoman and Batwoman, uh, Catwoman and Batman. Um, Alfred notices this oh, weird yeah. gray hair on uh, Bruce's Great coat, callback. and he hands it off to Batman. And Batman's like, "Yeah, this is weird." And it calls back to the opening act of Cat in the Claw Part One, in which Batman notices some gray hair on his suit after coming into contact with Isis. It's pussy. And that is a pretty intense, like, holdover for a clue, for a plot thread to go over to part two and then expect kids to actually remember that from part one. Well, I don't know if they're asking, you know, for the kids to remember it, but uh, they're definitely asking for, for Batman to remember it. I think they were expecting the kids. I think they actually were. I think you wouldn't put that into the story unless you had some expectation that your audience was going to follow you along there. They weren't writing for kids. Uh, no, this is not for this is this is a pretty fucking adult. I mean, look, they're they're drawing Catwoman. Like, they may not be writing for kids, but they still know their audience is kids, right? That, well, that's the difference. It's Fox. At, it was playing for me on four p.m. at on Fox. So I mean, like, I, I think the the callback to the hair would be for a more of their older audience to that they would rely on, on oh you mean the college students who who like skipped on their lecture that day to get super high and watch batman whoever you know th- there's other people that have enjoyed batman they grew up with them so at, for me at that age, i was i was young and watched it but i'm sure if i was older i would you know i still watch uh, i still think you were probably what they thought the demographic was well for sure well especially what uh, warner brothers says but I'm saying that this show isn't written, and I would disagree. I guess I, I feel like that they didn't write for kids. They they wrote this. They they were purposefully made it a. Uh, no, I didn't say they wrote for kids. I say they know their audience is children, and they're writing an adult storyline that has a plot thread that's tying from part one to part two, and that is a lot of trust to put in their audience. Their audience is children. I mean, this was aimed at children. There, the, the the commercials for this weren't like. You know, check out this new vacuum and buy it. The commercials for this were like, "Whoa, did you see the Dino Riders toy set?" Like, this was the commercials for this. Like, this is well after Dino Riders. They, they so their audience, their audience, their demographic was children. They definitely were writing an adult show for children, but they still were writing for children in the sense that they knew their audience was children. But they were writing for an an adult perspective for sure, and I think that's crazy to think that an audience would follow along a, a small little clue like that. But I think it's also awesome. And one of the reasons I love this episode in the last episode, and because of that attachment to that, like that one aspect of it, this one little piece of hair. So she just talked to that mountain lion. I think she just said it like was comforting to it. You know, it's like, uh, as like you talk to your dog, you know? Yeah. You talk to your dog all the time, but I also don't tell my dogs to like eat people. And then they eventually go and eat well, people. if your dog, if you're being attacked and your you're dog saves you, you you're going to be like, Hey, good dog. You know, thanks for saving my life. You're not going to so be that... like, Oh wait, you have cat power. You have dog yeah. powers. You know, I would. Okay. First of all, if you saw my dog and you saw the way I work with my dog, you would be like, do you have some dog powers? You're able to do some crazy shit with your dog. No, I'd be what? like, man, do you beat your dog? That's what, that's what I'd say. Do you, okay, you actually know me and know my dog since she was a little puppy. She was she was the cutest puppy. Well, I mean... Do you think I beat Bailey? No, no. I'm just saying if I met you off the street. 
You would think I beat my dog based on the fact that Bailey can do tricks. Do, do you remember when we were fucking, you were like like selling a bunch of furniture and shit on the street and, and you had Bailey out there and there was this dude rolls up in like a wheelchair and he's just like, oh, cutest dog. And he like just fucking like almost makes out with, with Bailey. Like, yeah. You remember that? Bailey liked licking him too. Yeah. She licked his face all over. It was gross. That was the weirdest fucking thing. I was like, does that guy just randomly fuck dogs? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Gross. That was such a fucking. That is still disturbs me. I feel so bad for Bailey. I was just like, that dog doesn't know what just happened to it. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She didn't. And Bailey uh, would get cat calls. I mean, like we would go down the street and people would pull over. Like <laughs> fathers with fa- like families in their car would pull over and be like, "Oh my god, what kind of dog is that?" Like, and it'd be like, "Uh, it's a corgi." And yes, Bailey is a corgi. For those who are listening, if this even makes air. And um, I don't really take things out of these episodes. People, people love corgis, and I've had Bailey for ten years now. Yeah, what are you talking about? Cat in the Claw Part Two. Well, I never made Bailey eat a guy on a mountain on mountainside like uh, Selena Kyle apparently did with the mountain lion. She had eat that guy. She wouldn't. She would not be able to. Um, I I like the way uh this whole ending boils down to. Essentially, Batman getting out of the uh, ropes because Selena Kyle is able to kind of, like, uh, cut the ropes with her claws. But then, Batman just fucking's like, yo, I gotta destroy this fucking plague. Takes a gas truck, dumps gas everywhere, pours it all over the entire room where the, the plague is coming out. Then, rides the gas truck on out of the facility with a fucking grenade going off. Explosions, fire... It's fucking crazy. I love this ending. Like, I love how... He drives how... it into a helipad. It's, it's right, like yeah, pretty... then he drives it into the, yeah, the helicopter, yeah. It's, like, not even a helicopter. It's, like, a giant, like, helicopter, like... Cargo, cargo ship. Cargo ship yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, like, something Scrooge McDuck would have had. Yeah, for sure. I called it a helipad in my notes. The... All right. Yeah, this is... It was... It was a nice ending. Nice explosions, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and apparently uh, Bruce Tim or whatever hates the explosions, too. They, like, hate these explosions. But I liked them. I thought they were actually good. They said they tried them, like, three times. Apparently they tried to reanimate these explosions three times, and they never got it right. And they're still not happy with it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but, like, I read that on uh, online. But, like, I was, like, kind of surprised by that because I was like, I actually like the explosions. I thought you guys did a good job with them. If you look a little closely, what happens is when they do a couple uh, cells of explosions – the layers uh, get rid of the, um, uh, the the kind of the layering effect of the cells. So you just see the back cell. You see the backdrop usually after the explosion in the smoke if you kind of look right there in that explosion scene. But, I mean, I think that's what they're referring to, but I think it looks fine. I think it looks great. For a kid's show, it's fucking crazy. Excuse me. I mean, for an adult show. I'm sorry. This is an adult show. I'm saying that it's a kid's show, but they wrote it for adults. No, don't say it's a kid's show. You could be taking back everything you've just said a moment ago. No, I said they wrote it for adults, Mike. I'm fucking with you. Um, it, but it, it's it's a kid's show. I, I guess you don't understand my point. But, I think yeah. my point and your point is literally the same. I just don't think that point that we're able to understand that it's the same point. Well, my point's bigger than your point. Oh, well, I think I may have won because I understand that we have the same point. But that's <laughs> You didn't right. even get my joke. But I got it. Yeah, whatever. you did a penis joke. <laughs> yes, and you hate penis jokes. You won't even listen to the other podcasts because of penis jokes. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. There needs to be some more, some more wit. More wit? That's uh-huh. true. That is true. I do agree with you on that. Sometimes we just go to the boner joke for fun. Um, Dicks. Cox. <laughs> Batman in my ass. 
Affin dicks, dicks upon dicks upon dicks upon dicks. Those are that's that's copy we've we've written. So uh, I like how it ends though with Batman just basically handcuffing Selena Kyle, and uh, yeah, Batman gets real kinky with her. <laughs> you don't know what he's gonna do. You know he's been acting. You you've noticed pretty predatory throughout this. Uh, Two parts, you know. Yeah, he has. You're right. Now he handcuffs her, and he's basically like, "So, you know, we're gonna go to jail, or, or what?" And that's how the episode ends. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that's so fucking dark. What a dark <laughs> ending. Well, okay. The next time we see Selena Kyle, is she in prison or is she free? I think he's just taking her, taking him, her back to his like fuck dun- dungeon. Mm-hmm. To, to the back cave. Yeah. Yeah, to go fuck her. Yeah, because he, he doesn't want to fuck in her apartment, which is like a really nice apartment. Too many cats. Six cats. <laughs> so at near the, near the end, before Batman puts the uh, handcuffs on Selena, he uh, uh, gets a kiss blown to her or blown to him by Selena, and his eyes close a little bit and then they reopen. And I I just want to point out that is literally the force of Selena's air kisses <laughs> that they can actually they feel like wind where your your eyes are affected a little bit when you they hit are you, you finally saying in the face. She has a superpower. <laughs> she has super air kiss power for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. What are your boys on this one? I give this one four. So this one you like more than the last one. Oh, yeah. Which I think you what you gave it a 3.5? Three. Or three? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Two and a half. This one kind of bored me. Really? Even This one's like all action. Yeah, but it, just, it, was, it was less invested. I, I like the, the fuck sexiness of the first one. Selena Kyle, and, and it kind of wore off in, in the second half. Oh okay. I give this one a five out of five again. This is this is I I really loved both of these. Um, I don't really care for Red Claw as a as a villain. Does she come back? I think she does, but I I just really like the Catwoman Batman dynamic in general. I've always loved it. I love the way Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton play with each other. I like the way that uh, Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway play with each other as Batman and Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I like the way yeah. Adrian Barbeau plays with Kevin Conroy as Catwoman and Batman in, in the animated series. And I love that's Adrian Barbeau. That is a great fucking reference to anybody who's a huge John Carter fan. No, not John Carter. John Carpenter. John Carpenter is what I meant to say. John Carpenter. What did you say? I said John Carter. Oh. Of Mars. Of Mars, yeah. The, the, Which is the, great. I thought you meant the Denzel movie. No, no, yeah. Like, she's, like, okay, she's in the fog. She's in the Escape from New York. She's in the thing. Like, she's, like, all over, like, early John Carpenter shit. And then she kind of gets into, like, random stuff later on in life. I mostly know her from all that stuff. Um, she's in Swamp Thing and Creep Show as well. And uh, Argo. That's the only recent film I know that she's in. And she's the voice of Catwoman? She's the, yeah, Adrian Barbeau. And she and uh, John Carpenter got married together, and she has huge tits. Like, huge fucking tits. It's crazy. Kate Mulgrew was uh, Red Claw. Who's that? I don't know that name. Then from uh, Voyager, Star Trek Voyager. Oh, shit. That's her doing a Russian accent? Uh-huh. That's great. That's- she does a Russian accent on uh, Orange is the New Black, too. I haven't watched that show. Is it good? It's very gay. Okay. Great bat stuff, gentlemen. Cool Boy Nation, tune in next week. Same cool bat time. Same cool bat channel. Cool Bat Nation, be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of The Cat and the Claw, part two, or what your favorite bat episode is by bat emailing us at Batman and Beyond, coolboys at gmail.com. New episodes of Batman and Beyond come out every Thursday. Also, 
please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with The Cool Boys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon, where the Cool Boys have an uncensored discussion about five so cool movies, everything ranging from bods to dongs and all the boners they have given us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast and Facebook group us at The Cool Boys Podcast. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube by searching for The Cool Boys Podcast. And be sure to rate and review us on iTunes at The Cool Boys Podcast. And if you like, you can donate to us on Patreon and receive additional episodes of Cool Boys After Dark and a Cool Boy shout-out on The Cool Boys Podcast that airs every Tuesday. You can find The Cool Boys on Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Bizies from Felk. That's Bizies from Ballard. And Bizies from Steven. So cool. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah.